0: Pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Jess and Amy, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thank you. Love
1: your title, by the way. Love it so much. Thank
0: you. That's all, like we were talking about this before the show, that's always a good indicator if somebody's a good fit is that they love the title That's just it's like its own it does its own work for me which is great so y'all are the co-founders of sister <laughs> I am with you yes. it is a space where women get to just be real and transparent and authentic about friendship the good bad and the ugly and y'all met on the internet Right. Yes. Yeah, yes, we it's did. Weird, huh? Okay, tell me a little bit about that because I've had really good and really bad experiences with that. <laughs> tell me about how you became friends and how just how you started to strive with you. Well, Amy and I were in
1: some writing groups together and Amy just started pursuing me. She slid into my DMs. She was like, Hey girl, let's Hi. be friends. Hey girl. <laughs> um, I like the way you write? Yeah. <laughs> We just clicked really immediately. It was very apparent that we were cut from the same cloth, similar senses of humor, and just the desire to be real, authentic, and just rough around the edges, I guess. So we started talking a lot on the phone. I was usually running, like out of breath, like panting on the phone, and and I'm like, Amy, just call nine one one if something happens. <laughs> if I pass yeah. out. Yeah. Um, And I was
2: like, this is why you don't run, Jess. This is why you don't run. It sounds (laughs) horrible. Yeah.
1: So just like hours on the phone basically is how it started. And we just, we, I was like meeting, you know, a best friend, like we should have known each other our whole lives. It just made sense. So, and then Amy one day in her wonderful way was like, Jess, I'm supposed to be packing for a trip. I have my suitcase open right now. Everything's all over the floor. And I just realized something. I'm like, what? She's like, we need to start a page and we're going to do all about friendship. And it's going to be called sister. I'm with you. Are you in? And I was like, yes, I am. So that is kind of how it began. Like we had talked a lot about friendship and just how it's like one of the most important pieces of our life. Like Mm -hmm. having people to do life with is just You can do a lot of hard things when you're doing it with people and both of Mm -hmm. us, a part of our journeys is, is seasons of loneliness moving or just having seasons of depression and be feeling really isolated. So we know, we know very well what it's like to be without and to be with, and it's Mm -hmm. just a really, it's a very important to both of us. So we had talked a lot about that. So yeah, that's kind of
2: how it began yeah I mean the, the sister I'm with you was birthed in about five minutes. I mean okay I'm I, convinced that all the best things are though same. yeah right same. Same. Like, they the just like fall creative. in your lap yeah it's like every once in a while and especially if you're if someone's creative they'll get this we're like every once in a while you like boom this is the idea it's like a gift that just God just like rains it down on. You. he's like boom this is the this is the gift this is the one and you just kind of know. Like you just Mm -hmm. know, you know, like every once in a while, like a little phrase will come to me and I was like, that's it. Thank you God for that little droplet. And then other things that, you know, you have to work really hard for, but this was one of those gifts that we, I, it just happened. And I think we knew it was, I I think we knew it was something we had no idea that it would explode the Mm -hmm. way that it did. Cause we had like a hundred thousand followers the first month. Like it was, we, we had no idea that like no idea. But we I'm mean, an Enneagram 7, okay. so I like,
1: I'm enthusiastic, and mm-hmm. Amy is also very enthusiastic, and so we were definitely like, it's gonna be huge, it's gonna explode, but then it actually did, and we're like, whoa, wait, what? Oh, 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 oh yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because so I actually, my, the anniversary of this podcast is next week from when we're recording, so it'll have already happened by the time this comes out, and I recorded kind of just this reminiscent of the last three years. And the story—I mean, I don't have 100,000 followers, but the story of this was very similar but different. Where I didn't think—I thought it was going to just be like fly under the radar, be this cool little side thing that I did. God dropped Confessions of a Crappy Christian in my lap, put it Love out there, it. and I remember being so excited because I hit a thousand followers a week that it came out. But you—you yes. you would have never told me that three years later we'd have two million downloads and 80,000 followers yes. and like just all this crazy stuff. And so. But it was very much the same, which I think could be probably a, a conversation of its own of like, God gives you these things and all he asks is obedience. Like, yeah. yeah. And I think it's that like peace, it's like peace and excitement coexist within you. And you're just like, yeah. let's do like, this is going to be good. Let's do it. And yeah. I just love that that yeah. tells story because I think, yeah. I think that'll resonate with people like you said, with especially with creatives.
2: Mm. Yes. I mean, because it was, and I think creatives know, like. I mean, I know we've written things before that we're like, this is a good one. This is a, this is a good one. You just kind of know. And that's also the term with you. It was just there. I mean, it was just, it was like, it was floating in the air and we just had to grab it and take it. Mm -hmm.
0: So Jess, you said something when you were describing it about like rough around the edges, which is my battle cry. That is, I like my Instagram bio literally says like misfit. Like I am an outlier. I don't, I'm not very like Christianese influencer stuff, but I think that that's likely a part, a huge part of why y'all have seen so much success is because people are desperate for that authenticity. They're desperate for like less curated, more rough around the edges. How have y'all like walked into that in regards to friendship? Like what has being rough around the edges and being authentic looked like with that being kind of your subject matter?
1: For real, authentic, for like, for the deep friendships that we all like long for and want, like those people that would will show up in our house in their sweatpants, like, or the ones that you don't have to perform for, like, those kind of deep, authentic friendships, really, like, being rough around the edges is where it's at. Mm -hmm. Like, being authentic, being real, that's how we really connect on a deep level, right? So, yeah, I just think. And so when you're desiring friendship, when you're wanting friendship, and as an outsider, when you're looking at these feeds of like women going on vacation together, doing these things Mm -hmm, together, mm -hmm. what it feels like, or even in high school, and you're seeing like these people that are a part of a, like have a big friend group or whatever, it all seems like I need to be a cooler, better, funnier, (laughs) smarter person. And then I'm going to have those friends that I long for. Like I need to perfect myself and then I'm going to feel love and belonging, but it's actually the exact opposite. So it's just like, let your hair down, put your sweatpants on, let's be real. And let's find the people that actually want to do real life with you. Cause do you Mm want to have to like, do you want the kind of friendships where you have to keep impressing and keep performing? Or do you want the people that will run errands? with you at Costco and laugh at you when you're being ridiculous. Like, which one do you want? And I know which one I want. So I think, I think just, and just blowing the lid off of it, like over and over and over again in our writing, we hear, I thought I was the only one. I thought Mm -hmm. I was the only one that felt like that. I thought I was the only one who felt like the outsider who doesn't have any friends. Like I thought I was the only one. And just blowing the lid off that and be like, no, we're in this together and friendship is hard. Can we just say Mm -hmm. that friendship is hard. And as an adult, it's not easy to find those people. It's just not. So let's blow mm-hmm. the lid off. Let's be real about it. And that's going to be,
2: that's the way we we
1: find each other.
2: There was this time in life where I feel like it's it's almost like everybody wants to go to the fancy party. Everybody wants to be invited to the, the big deal, the gala, where you got them, the, where the who's who, and you want to be invited to it. And then you get there and you're all dressed up. You're your best self. But at the end of the night, you're exhausted because all you've mm. done is had shallow, meaningless conversations, you faked it, you've literally said the same thing over and over, you sort of had the, like the questions in your mind, like, oh, yeah, no, we're good. How are you? How's everything going? Like, I love your dress. And you're exhausted by the end of the night, because you've faked it. And, yeah. and you have to, that's what those kind of situations are prone to do. But you think that that's what friendship is supposed to be. And friendship is not those fancy parties. That is not where real friendships are built. You will never, there's not a sense of belonging. at mm-hmm. this, yeah. There's a sense of belonging in crying together and having yes. coffee together and being real and vulnerable. And hey, I just had surgery. Can you come over and help me wash my hair? Hey, mm-hmm. my kids are sick again. My husband and I are fighting. I feel like I'm about to lose my freaking mind that is belonging. You only we all we want belonging and you only find it when you are yourself. Mm -hmm. You only find it when you are known and when you just sort of like show up as as you. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think
2: that's that's the difference of we think I I don't know. We think we want the fancy party and the fancy stuff and to be invited to everything. And we think like, oh if I just I just knew more people. Well and I know for me I went through a phase where I knew plenty of people. I knew plenty of people but I didn't know anybody. Right, I wasn't known by anybody. I had acquaintances, but I didn't have friends. And I was right. lonely. You right? can be surrounded by people and be lonely. 100%.
0: Yeah. That's
2: actually something I just recently talked about a little
0: bit on my Instagram is like this myth of the girl gang. Like that—that that is what quality friendship looks like is six to 10 of you. You go on trips together. You do girls weekends. You do girls nights. I've been in those. I've been in little groups of friendships that were deep and meaningful, but I've been in, like, the picture-perfect gala girls gang. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> that sucks. And, like, I can yeah. tell you from experience, and I'm not going to, like, throw a blanket and say it's all of them, because I do think that there are groups of women that are capable of, like, depth and aut- authenticity. But I would bet you money that, like, all those really pretty, shiny girl gangs, they have no depth. They are not there for one another. Yes. It's yeah. not what it looks like from the outside. Because if it's all really in anything is all Instagram curated perfect, it, it is impossible for it to actually be that behind the scenes.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, there just has to be a safety in your friendship. There has to be a safety right. and have to be like, okay, so if the qualifier for me to be in this is for me to be perfect, it is never going to work out. I'm out. out. I really no, thank you. mess up. I will yes. say the wrong thing. I will do the wrong thing. I will be awkward. I may gain weight. I may show up looking a hot mess. And or the hurt your feelings. Topic, it's yes. never going to work. And you know that. So you know right. you kind of have to tiptoe around and say the right things. And it's sort of like this game. And that's just, it's, a, it's just hard. But and your humanity. Part, is like the safety of knowing if right. I mess up, I'm going to give my best, but I will mess up can I still find safety here? Exactly.
0: And that's been my experience in like the difficult seasons of friendship was when there was no room for me to be human. There was no room for error. There was no room for me to be drowning in my real life. And maybe not the most superior version of a friend that I could be not like a bad friend, but just like, if you naturally like really show up for people and then it hits the fan in your real life and you need to draw back there've been multiple times in my life where I've been penalized for that. Where like my husband and I are on the brink of divorce and you're mad at me because I didn't like show up to your kid's birthday party. Like I I can't, I can't do that with you.
1: Yeah, totally. That was actually for me. That was when I real. So my story kind of is that I was super, super lonely. I had a lot of kids and I realized I didn't have any friends and I just, started crying one night and was like, I am so lonely. And in my mind, I just thought like, if someone wants to be friends with me, they're just going to like show up. They're going to be like, Mm. Hey, I like you. You seem cool. Would you like to be my friend? Like it never crossed my mind that I had the power to like go out and cultivate those friendships. So my story is is that that night we're like, okay, we're lonely. We're going to start pursuing people every single week. We're going to, we're going to pursue people. And it was, amazing and awkward and it gave me really bad anxiety at first but it ultimately led to to growing these um amazing friendships that I have now those sisters that I have now but it was kind of a like I started to grow like a quite a few of friends like a a bigger circle and then I had like a breakdown like a a postpartum anxious depressed breakdown and I stopped being capable of doing the things that I was doing I stopped being capable of pursuing and making things happen and it was really those friends that stuck around Mm -hmm. stuck around through that that ultimately Mm -hmm. became like close friends and the ones that didn't like it's okay but we didn't stay close you know because you the, the deeper friendships they'll stay even when you can't
0: and I think that that really will resonate with a lot of people listening because I've had those conversations like in my dms and stuff of when life gets crazy and you can't pursue and then like in the most realistic rough around the edges terms like you all of a sudden realize you haven't heard from that person in weeks because you and like then you have to look back and realize that you were the one always making yeah the effort like that can be a difficult realization to have yeah and it friendship is such a give and take and it's got to be able to be in flux and there has to be grace for even that but I do think that that's something worth. Like looking at and being like, oh, okay. Well, if I'm not texting this person, calling this person, whatever, I don't hear from them.
2: What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm like friendship. It, it's like it only works. It only is. works. If it's <laughs> it, only yeah. works if it goes both ways. It only works if there's give and take. And the thing is that, and there's a chapter in the book Jess wrote it where it's, sometimes we are going to be bad friends. Sometimes we are going to be incapable. Mm-hmm of being perfect and, and the humility with realizing, okay, one, I'm not perfect. And I go through those seasons. I'm going to have to give other people the grace to do that as well. Exactly. is a a big part of friendship. It's just being humble enough to go, I'm not great all the time. I try. I want always have a good heart, but am I always capable of responding to every text messages and showing up to everything? And am I always going to say the right thing? No, I'm going to say something that comes out wrong, whether I Mm -hmm. mean to or not. I'm going to say something that can be misconstrued because we're humans and humans going to human, you know, humans are going to humans, going to human.
1: I like it. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So realistically,
0: what does it look like when you do realize that you've been a bad friend? Because I think sometimes that can be difficult to even like come to terms with. Like nobody likes to say that they're bad at anything, much less friendship. (laughs) You know, and there's, I think there's a difference between like being a serial bad friend and like having a bad moment with a friend. Yes.
2: Yes. And that is what we do tell people. Is this a repetitive pattern? Is this who they are? Or is this something they've accidentally done?
0: And one of the things I
2: like to say is like, I'm not looking for promises made. I'm looking for promises kept. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not looking for behavior that's been apologized for. I've been I'm looking for behavior that's been like worked on. And it's the same thing for you. Like, I think that it's when you realize you've been a bad friend, I think it's essential that you apologize. I think Mm -hmm. it's essential that you go to the person and say, I kind of screwed up here.
0: And Mm -hmm, I
2: take, I take, I feel like something in our society that sometimes is missing is we don't want accountability and we don't want to take ownership of our faults because it hurts our feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) When you mess up, own it. Own it. Apologize and then do better. Do Mm -hmm. better going forward. Now, I think the thing is, and this is hard because the person that you've hurt gets to decide whether to continue the friendship or not. Mm -hmm. And you don't have any control over that. So, what I always tell people, I'm like, I always want the ball to be in someone else's court necessarily. Mm -hmm. I want to apologize, I want to make things right. And I want to do better going forward, whether that's our friendship or the next friendship. I want to make sure I'm not repeating the same patterns. I'm not doing the same things. I'm not tripping over the exact same roadblock over and over and over. Yes. We have the power to change. We have the power to do better. We really Mm -hmm. do. But it never is going to happen if we can't own our faults and we can't own where we mess up. And it's not this horrible, bad, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. No, you're a person. You're a person and you have, and every up single and one of turn. us is going to mess up every single one of us. It doesn't have to be this giant shame filled guilt trip, mm-hmm. but like, uh, that's on like, it's essential that when you've been a bad friend, you apologize, you own it. You do better going forward. You do your part to make it right and kind of leave the ball in their court, whether they accept it or not. I think that
0: goes back to what you're saying about friendship has to be reciprocal,
2: right? Is like, okay, if I
0: mess up, do I not want that person to give me Grace and understanding and forgiveness, and move forward. then, like, if I want that from them, then I have to be willing to extend that as well. I have to be willing to take their apology. And like this is it it's all such a give and take because yes, there are situations and I've been in them, and I think a lot of people have where it becomes a serial issue. It becomes repetitive. and I think that there's like strengthened boundaries and knowing when to walk away, and that sometimes, like, yeah. that's not that's just this isn't getting any better. They're continually hurting you. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think that that's why kind of that distinguish the, the the distinguishing factor is: is this something that's happened before? That's happened multiple times, or is this a bad moment in a bad season by a human that like I can forgive and move on? And I think that those tend to like get muddied together, and we tend to turn totally. one thing into this always happens. When if you really look at your history, you're like, oh. No, this hasn't happened before. <laughs> like no. this is this is a one off. This is out of character. This is for or maybe going it's,
1: forward, or maybe it's happened, but it's happened in your past with someone else. so it's like right. a, it's a painful or tender thing because it's a painful and tender thing for you because right. you have brokenness brokenness in that area, and you're taking all that rejection and all that pain and putting it on that person as though Absolutely. that's what their intention is. That's what they're
0: doing, and it's not. It's your it's a part of your history. Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well because I've definitely been guilty of that. Not necessarily my friendships, but when my husband and I started dating, he would totally like, I'm not your ex. Like I didn't no. do that thing, so yes. like I'm not going to pay the price for that. So, totally, yeah, I think that's a really good point. One of the things that's in the book is God didn't make you to be loved by everyone. And I know that mm. there are some people listening that are like, "Oh, I guess he did." What? Absolutely <laughs> not. Everybody has to love me always. I don't know what you're talking about. What, like, what does that mean for us? Like, we don't have to worry about everybody liking us. That should be freeing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was an essential moment in my life. I sort of, before I even started writing and all of this, I just had this huge awakening. I am a perpetual people pleaser. I mean, it is woven into the fabric of who I am. It's been there since childhood. I'm 38 years old. I work to get better at it all the time because I'm now very aware of it. But I had this awakening of like, Amy, being a good Christian and being a good person does not mean everybody loves you. And I, mm-hmm. I genuinely thought that, that like the only way to be a good Christian was for everyone to love me and everyone to like me and for me to be best friends with everyone. And I was so tired. No, oh my God. <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> and I felt like such a failure. Mm-hmm. I felt like such a failure. And I, it would make me feel like, like a bad Christian because someone didn't like me. Or because I didn't fit in with this people. And I like had this awaken like awakening moment where I was like, no, 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 no. That is not what you were made for. Mm -hmm. You you were not made for that. You Mm -hmm. were made to be yourself, to show up as yourself, to listen to the call that God has on your life and do your very best to pursue that. And some people are not gonna get it. And some people Mm -hmm. aren't gonna like it. And sometimes you're gonna be driving a train that's going in a direction that other people just don't want to go on. And that's life. It's right. not bad. It's not wrong. Hmm. It's life. And they're not bad people either. That doesn't mean they're bad people. Right. It means that there are 7 billion of us. <laughs> and we're not all going to be best friends. Right. And that's okay. <laughs> I, mean, I think people
0: forget. We do. I think, well, I think people forget that not everybody liked Jesus. Yeah. Yes, I, most people right? didn't
2: like Jesus. I mean, like, he was
0: Widely unliked, we got not very unpopular. You know, yeah. and it's like the cheesiest quote ever. But there's that quote that's like, you could be the ju- ju- juiciest, ripest peach, and there's going to be somebody that doesn't like peaches. Yes, it, yes. It, you're not going to be everybody's flavor, and the uh, your options are to be okay with that, or like you're saying, exhaust yourself trying to be every flavor that exists. Right. Yeah, and then and then you're never don't. actually being true to yourself. Exactly, exactly.
1: Right. and then you're I not mean, doing what you're supposed to be doing, or you're not. No. You're not living authentically. Yeah, you're
2: in your own own lane. Yeah, I I highly doubt jesus ever, at any moment, was like Judas doesn't seem to like me anymore. (laughs) Um, I wonder what Judas's problem is. I wonder what I did wrong. Like, man, I wonder what I Judas what what did I do wrong? No, he went on about the business of loving people Mm -hmm. and following God's plan, and he was like, you know, I I I just got to move forward, in that you don't like me fine I don't yeah.
0: care that is not and like not my golden life. as an enneagram eight and someone that generally doesn't care there's like the necessary disclaimer that that is not an excuse for bad behavior that is not an excuse to like be a no. jerk like not no. everyone not liking you doesn't mean you get to just walk around and like be a dick to everybody but mm-hmm. if you are like choosing obedience you are walking the path that your father has put before you and there are people that don't like it you and Jesus got that in common like yes. yeah 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 yes. you know
2: yes yeah my hopefully that's want, really
0: freeing for people yes my yes. thing is
2: I want a pure heart and I do talk about this I want a pure heart I want a pure heart and I'm going to worry about that above yes. all else that is my goal is a pure good heart I want to love you and I can't hang my hat on whether or not you accept it absolutely I can only do my part and it was it was a breath of fresh air to be like Amen. live Amy live live because you haven't been doing a lot of that lately. You've just been trying to make everybody happy.
0: That's beautiful.
2: Kind of in the same vein,
0: there's a lot of like you see a lot of friendship rhetoric use table, a table analogy. There's room at the table, come to the table, pull up a chair. What about when you need to like excuse yourself from a table? What about when you need to like get up from the table because you don't belong because you're not accepted mm-hmm. for Amy like you're talking about who you actually are. Like, how do you do that well and lovingly and like, go find a table, the table that God has for you?
2: I just talk so much. So I was going <laughs> to
0: this one.
1: I think, I mean, the first step I think is recognizing it and being okay with it. I think it can be really hard too if you've like invested in friendships a long time. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm an Enneagram seven. So I really like to paint things in a positive light in my mind. Like, I'm just like constantly like making things like awesome. I'm like, that was hard, but also (laughs) look at how great it was. So it it can be hard for me to like fully recognize what is and just like, accept that it is what it is like this. So this table, like I'm not able to be myself. This Mm -hmm. is not where I belong. Or maybe even I was in a situation several years ago where I'm like, I don't think these people like me. And it was hard to
0: like, it was
1: hard to like fully grasp because I'm also an Enneagram Seven, so I'm like, everybody
0: likes me. Like, I,
1: I was like, what? Like, they do not enjoy the essence of who I am. (laughs) Like, it was
0: that's a hard realization to come
1: to. It is healthy confrontation is important. Like, I totally expect my friends to call me out, say like, "Hey, you hurt my feelings." But in this situation, it was like confrontation all the time about ridiculous stuff, and I'm like. I think the yeah. problem here is that you do not enjoy me. Like yeah, I am you not don't like you me
0: anymore. All
1: the wrong ones.
0: I got to so have been hard there. To, like,
1: hard. It's hard to just be like, okay, I don't belong here. And that's okay. Bless it. Right. Because like, I think
2: our response
0: to that is like, what can I do to make you like me? How?
2: Like, right. And
1: how I was I in that. This. I was like, right. I was like thinking about it way too much too. I'm like, this is like taking away from my life. Cause I'm just sitting here worrying about like, how am i gonna fix it when in reality yeah. there's nothing to fix we just don't yeah. belong together and that's okay and i'm yeah. going to get bitter and weird too if i don't exit this table because i'm going to be upset at you not for for not liking me but i'm just going to be a little bit yeah yeah so i think that recognizing it seeing it for what it is and accepting like okay even if you've had this friend for maybe 20 years maybe it's time to pursue other friendships not that you have mm-hmm. to like not that it definitely has to be like an end to a friendship, but it's okay to realize this is not my table. This is not working. And then I would also say, um, sometimes we have to create our own tables and that can Amen. be that can be hard and it can be intimidating because if you're like me, like I was totally expecting people to knock down my door and be like, mm-hmm. will you be my friend? You seem cool. I wasn't doing anything to like create that for myself. So mm-hmm. I we hear a lot like, oh, there's no that these kinds of friends don't exist. Like nobody's this way. Well, sometimes we have to create our own tables and maybe it only becomes a table of two. Maybe you only find one person that is that wants to do the real and authentic with you and that's okay.
0: It doesn't need yes. to be a big group. Yeah, quality over quantity. I didn't learn that until my thirties probably. That totally. like having a few people that you can tell like the stuff that yes. like you that think like, that think you're funny and fun and quirky. And like, like you were saying, like, enjoy the essence of you. If that's, I, I remember hearing a preacher say, and of course I can't think of who it was, if that ends up being like your significant other and two other people, consider yourself lucky. Like yeah, totally. You're lucky for that. It doesn't have to be a table of 12. I at, at 30, almost 33, feel like I'm finally at a place where like my husband is my best friend. And I have like two or three other friends that see me, that love me, that don't, feel like they need to change me that cheer me on and vice versa. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's great. That's amazing. That is abundant.
1: It is amazing. It's amazing. We can undervalue the people in our lives that are that way. If we're constantly thinking we need to have this like big tribe or this big group or whatever. Absolutely.
2: Well, and sometimes, and we honestly, we don't even have time for a ton of friends. And that's, that's what we That's. I mean, we have 24 hours in the day, seven days a week. We all have obligations. Kids. Houses, jobs, errands, people need to eat and you have to feed them. You have to be the ones that constantly them the <laughs> laundry, laundry. That, I mean, yes. So you only, that was a big realization for me was being like, Amy, you're not a bad person. If you don't have time or and, and not, even if I don't have time to be friends with best friends with 20 different people, but if someone else doesn't have the time for you, you don't have to villainize them. No. You're not a bad person at all. I do think we have a tendency to villainize people like is either like label them like good or bad. If they don't like me bad, if they don't want to be my best friend bad, if they don't have time for me bad. No, that's not usually it. Yeah. People. I mean, are there bad people? Sure. I will always believe 99.9% of people are good Mm -hmm. and they want good things. They're not perfect, but they're good. Yeah. But so they're not bad if they if they don't have time to be my best friend. They're just a person with a lot on exactly. their plate. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm gonna find someone who still has a little spot for me on their plate. Yeah. Without villainizing. Amen. We have this tendency to villainize everybody. And I'm like, no, that is so toxic. Yes. So toxic. Yes. If someone does, it, even people who don't like you, they're not necessarily bad people. Right. They just like you're just not who they are. You buying. don't drive. Yeah, you don't die. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's not, not okay. a slight to you. It's not a slight to them. Amen. It's life. Let's Amen. just learn to accept this—that it's not all mm-hmm. sunshines and rainbows and perfect.
0: That's such a good no. word.
2: I can't wait for your book to come out. Like, oh, thank These you. are the conversations
0: that people, like women, are dying for. These conversations—they are like so. Like I think of it as like we are so dehydrated in the area yes. of friendship and yes. this is
1: like I think we've even said that yeah abundance and like
0: like living water because you are coming at it from the like a Christ centered place so your book is out by the time this comes out I'm sure people can just get it wherever they get their books I, the I, Amazon. I hope. we're hoping all the places uh, where can <laughs> yeah. they
1: where can people follow y'all online um they can follow us on at sister I'm with you uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram and then Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnston. We both have our own pages as well, but we're super fun together.
0: I'm so yeah, with you. I, I can tell you <laughs> from experience we all fun. fun together. Yeah, that's
2: kind of the thing is like, I mean, we could do this on our own, but it's fun together and it's better because we've got yeah. different experiences and we come at it from different angles. I deal a lot with insecurity and people pleasing. That's not necessarily Exactly, where Jess's deepest hurts have come from, but she like so to have that is sort of like a depth of like, okay, you covered this, and I'll kind of let's talk about this. Oh, okay, I like that you brought up this point. I hadn't thought about that. Well, that's why God God created us for community. Oh, He created us for so much community, and like collaboration is beautiful. Like, share your pie. Amen. You know, share the pie. It's it's more fun to eat with a friend. It's it's more fun. Like, do it to together and this has been like because we run our own pages so I know what that's like dang it's really fun to do it together it's it's so much better it is easier it is it's just more fulfilling I wish more women like we do not have to compete compete with each other we don't don't, there's enough to go around and I'd rather have a little sliver and do it with somebody than have the whole piece and be alone amen
0: oh you just like keep preaching we're just (laughs) <laughs> keep going I we loved
2: love this, this.
0: Topic. I know y'all are so like gifted and in speaking into it and I'm so thankful that we got to talk and I get to share this with my audience I know it's going to be so good for them and I can't wait for your book
2: to come out Thank and you.
0: I will definitely be getting it well I think I actually already got an advanced copy of it but <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so much for your time and for your Oh, thank you. It's so so nice nice to meet you. I love what you're doing. I love that you're in this
1: space. So needed and so good.
0: All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.